Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earle. Welcome to our Talking to Teens mini course on how to communicate with teenagers about underage drinking. The point of this course is to pull together some clips that we've collected from interviews with experts all around the world to tie in some of my own research on adolescent risk behaviors and parent-teen communication and to leave you with some concrete, actionable takeaways that you can go and put into practice with your teenager immediately. The topic we're going to be covering is underage drinking. How do you discuss alcohol use with your teenager? What do parents need to know before you try to have a talk like this? How do you actually have the talk in a way that gets through and makes an impact? How do you get real results? But before we get into all of that, do parents even have much influence over the alcohol use of their teenagers anyways? I mean, aren't teens just going to drink if they're going to drink and there's not really that much parents can do about it? Well, actually, parents have a lot of influence here. When I spoke with persuasion expert Jake Teeny about this, here's what he had to say. Parental influence, even in adolescence, is not absent. You know, they did a study looking at alcohol usage and they took into effect the personal beliefs, their peer group beliefs, and their parent beliefs. Mm -hmm. And they actually found when controlling for everything, the parental influence still had a significant effect on whether or not the kids engaged in alcohol. Now, an important moderator of that or, you know, an important factor in making that happen was the warmth that the parents treated their children with. So warm parents, you know, you encourage your child to be who he or she wants to be. Uh, You speak to the child in a warm kind of kind voice. That's when the parental influence had an effect for the colder parents parental influence did not have much of an effect. And so, you know, just to say that, yes, the peer groups are going to be influential, but it doesn't mean that parents have lost all control. In my own research with our lab here at Loyola Marymount University, we found some really similar things with college students and even with heavy drinking college students who you would think would never be influenced by their parents to drink less. We found that when we gave parents some simple strategies to talk to their teenagers about alcohol use. Their alcohol use went down. Notice the variable that Jake mentioned when he talked about that study. It was parent beliefs. It wasn't what parents do or what parents say. It was what parents believe that had an influence on teenagers drinking. Our research takes this even a step further. We found that it's not just what parents believe, it's what teens believe their parents believe. That's important. And you'd think this would be the same thing, but it's not. We've done what's called dyadic data analysis, where we get a bunch of parents and their teenagers, and we ask them both questions, and then we compare it using statistics. And what we found is what parents say their attitude is, and what teenagers say they think their parents' attitude is, is not the same thing. They don't match up. And what's important is what the teenager thinks the attitude is. 
there's a lot more information about this topic of parent attitudes and teenagers' attitudes in the first lesson of our online course about how to talk to teenagers. And you can find that for free at talkingtoteens.com. But the key here is clearly communicating your beliefs and your attitudes about alcohol use to your teenager. So when do you start talking about this stuff? Well, really, you can't start too early. Studies have found parents have a lot more influence over alcohol initiation than they do over alcohol use. So what does that mean? Well, that means that if parents start talking to their teenagers before the teenager starts drinking, they're going to have a lot bigger impact than if they start talking to the teenager after he or she has started drinking. It isn't that you can't make a difference once your teen starts drinking. It's just that parents have a lot of influence on that initiation variable. So if your teen hasn't started drinking yet, there's a really good chance that you can delay when your teenager does start drinking. And study after study after study has shown that the later you can delay the onset of teenagers' alcohol use, the better results it has for the teenager. An important point here is that the teenage years are a really critical window in the lifespan. I mean, this is the time when your identity is really starting to form. And so if drinking is a part of this identity, that's going to be really persistent. And for the rest of your life, you might start to see drinking as part of your identity. When I spoke with Mitch Prinstein, the author of the book Popular and the director of clinical psychology at UNC Chapel Hill, he explained this really well. Research is now showing us something about the way your brain is responding to even daily stimuli, to everything you see and hear, that's still filtering it through that 15-year-old brain. This is the time when your brain is suddenly turning from a child's brain to an adult's brain. You can remember things for longer. You can think about yourself in a more permanent way. It's not just how you feel in that moment. You really are able to reflect on your life. And all that starts around puberty. And I think that it's kind of like the juxtaposition, the mashup of all those things happening at once that kind of leaves this imprinted version of who you were the very first time you started to have that adult brain that sticks with us. So when's the best time to start talking about alcohol with your teenager? Now. Whatever age your teenager is, now is the time to start. Don't let drinker become part of your teen's identity during this critical window because as we saw, things that get attached to our identity during this critical window, they persist for the rest of our life. Keep your teen from initiating alcohol use as long as possible. Don't be fooled by people who say, oh, it's good to let teens experiment. Then they won't go crazy when they get to college. The whole thing about in Europe, they let people drink earlier and they don't have as many problems with alcohol use is a myth. Study after study after study has found zero benefit to early initiation into alcohol use. And in fact, what the studies show unanimously is that the later you start drinking, the better. For more on this, check out my power article on TalkingToTeens.com about seven things most parents get wrong about underage drinking. Thankfully, a lot of research has identified exactly what parents can say to dramatically reduce the chances that your teenager will initiate alcohol use or that if your teenager already is drinking, that you can reduce the amount of drinking that's happening. The answers are coming up right here in this mini course. But first, let's talk about how to actually use this mini course. I recommend you listen to it a few times. First, just listen to it. Then go through again and take notes on the key things 
that you think would be most beneficial to use with your team. Listen, every team is different. You know your team better than anybody on the planet. So some of this stuff, you're going to say, yes, I need to use that on my team for sure. Some of it, you're going to say, well, maybe that wouldn't work with my team. Write down the stuff that seems to make sense to you. Then listen to it one more time and build out those notes with examples. Every time I tell you to try and think of five or six examples of this or come up with three or four ways you could say this to your teenager, go ahead and write those into your notes. Then study your notes for a little while before you try to have a conversation with your teen. The key here though is don't get too caught up in trying to execute your notes when you actually have the conversation. Do all the preparation and then when you do sit down with your teenager, you need to be able to let it go and just be willing to talk and listen. Rachel Scott, yoga and meditation expert, had uh, some great advice about this when I talked to her. I think that if you can plan for what you need to talk about when you're not in an emotional state, that's helpful. So that it's coming from a place of being able to think about the big picture, what's good for your kids, what your kids' needs are, what your needs are, and not coming in with a predetermined, like, this is gonna be it, but rather starting from a consideration of, okay, we need to have a conversation. I think this is what my kid's gonna respond with. I think this is what I want the outcome to be, but what are the questions I can ask? What's the space between there? And then so you create kind of the agenda, if you will, for your meeting, or what you need to discuss in advance when you're not feeling like, oh my God, this has to happen now, you know, or so it doesn't feel so charged. And I think if it's possible, even if you as a parent have a hope for what you want the outcome to be, to actually embrace the space, and this is hard, of I don't know, of being willing to listen to the input that your kid gives you without coming in knowing what the answer is necessarily going to be. Because they might have information that you don't know about and they certainly need to be heard and it will read. If we come in and we say, I wanna hear what you think, but we actually don't wanna hear what they think and we actually already know how we want it to go and we already know what our answer is, then that's going to derail our ability to really listen in that moment and to perhaps change our own mind. Okay, so let's dive in to the planning phase for this conversation. You're gonna have a talk with your teenager, probably multiple talks. I recommend breaking this up and having it over multiple conversations. At the most basic level, you're gonna have two objectives. First, you're gonna need to create an open space where your teen feels comfortable talking to you about these difficult topics. Then, once you create that space, you're gonna have to communicate some really important things to your teenager. Both of these are really critical. Remember the importance of warmth that Jake Teeny talked about earlier. You can't just talk at your teen. Your teen needs to feel like there's a warm, open, safe space to open up. Bill DeResowitz put it very well when I talked to him. He's the best-selling author of the book, Excellent Sheep, and a professor from Yale and Columbia University. Here's what he said. Talking to your kid or at your kid all the time might create an illusion that you're connected to them or that you're having a dialogue with them. But what you need to do is you need to listen. And sometimes listening means asking the right questions. I certainly found this as a professor. I mean, one of the, I mean, not one of the things, but the thing that set me on my path to writing about this stuff is that I was the kind of professor who really cared about being a mentor to students. And 
that didn't mean telling them what to do. It meant listening to them. But listening can often require eliciting, you know, the stuff that you want to listen to. In other words, asking questions, asking the right questions. They would end up realizing for the first time that they weren't necessarily feeling 100% about the path they were on. So they didn't always present that way. But as I talked to them and sort of gave them the permission to think about what they were doing at college, it would sometimes end up that way. So the focus of this mini course is those two things I mentioned earlier. One, how can you create the open space? And two, once you do, what's the important stuff to communicate? Let's start on number one, creating the space. I recommend opening the conversation by making it about you. You can say something like, hey, you know, you're getting older now, and I wouldn't feel like I was being a good parent if I didn't start talking to you about drinking. It's not that I don't think you can handle it. It's just that I wouldn't feel like I am preparing you well enough if we didn't discuss it. Do you see how that takes the emphasis off your teenager and puts it on you? The point of the talk is to make you feel better, to make you feel like you're doing your job as a parent. This kind of framing is really helpful to reducing your teen's defensiveness. Tell your teen that their wants and their desires are going to start getting a lot more complicated as they get older. It used to be easy. Ice cream, toys, naps, climbing all over mom and dad. But now there's a lot more going on. As you get into the teenage years, you've got this part of you that wants to be really creative, this part of you that's athletic, part of you that's intellectual, a part of you that wants to just have fun and let loose, part of you that wants adventure and excitement. This is totally normal. It's okay. It is typical to have all of these different conflicting things going on inside of you, but learning how to juggle all these is kind of the job of the teenage years, and it's not easy. It's going to take time. You can tell your teen something like, look, I don't blame you if you get carried away with one of these parts of you sometimes. Juggling all this stuff is really hard. It's totally natural that sometimes the part of you that wants adventure and excitement is going to just take over. I don't blame you. But it is your responsibility to learn how to manage all these parts, and I want to help you with it. Wendy Bahari, expert on schema therapy and the author of the book Disarming the Narcissist, talked about this when I interviewed her for the podcast. And here's what she said. The message is, it's not your fault, right? But it is your responsibility. So it's not your fault that you have this part of you, but it's your responsibility to figure out how to manage it. And I'll help you if you'll let me, but it's your job to be accountable for that part. So there's no blame, there's no shame, but there is responsibility. And that's the same message I say to my adult narcissistic clients. I say, look, I'm not blaming you. This isn't your fault. You learned this. This is a part of your personality. It's been constructed for a reason. Part of it might be biologic. Part of it is because of your reactions to early experiences, and it's become a habit. But it's your job to figure out, with my help, how to manage this, right? How to reduce the intensity of this, how to reduce the frequency of this. They want to be off the hook. Like, just let me off the hook. Yeah. I don't want to be the bad guy. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. Defensiveness, justification. And when we can help them to see that, look, I'm not blaming you, but I am saying that it's your responsibility to manage that part of yourself. It's a part yeah. of you. So the message is that your teen is going to be tempted by alcohol. That's totally okay. And it's understandable. 
you just want to start talking about it. You want to make sure that it doesn't become a problem. One key to creating this open space with your teenager is to make sure that you give your teen an out. Before you get too deep into the conversation, pull out a timer so that your teen can always look at the timer and see how much time is left on the timer. I recommend setting it for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. When you finish, the conversation will be over. When that timer rings, even if we're mid-sentence, conversation is done and we'll pick it up another time. Make a rule with your teen that he or she can say anything while the timer is on. Anything in any tone of voice and you won't get mad, they won't get in trouble, and you won't keep bothering them about it after the conversation is over. This approach comes from Karen Young, a psychologist from Australia and the founder of the widely popular psychology website, HeySigmund.com. I used to have a rule with my kids that when we're in the car, they could say anything. They could use any words. They could say anything. They could tell me <laughs> anything. This was from pickup to the driveway. They could tell me anything in whatever tone they wanted. By the time I drove into the driveway, the conversation would be finished. I got gold that way because what kids need is an end to the conversation. They need to know that you're not going to follow them around asking them and talking. They need an out. They need to be in control of the situation. So we set that up when they were young. And I just think that sets up good habits. And I think you can do that, you know, anytime. There has to be a time where they can tell you anything without consequence, anything. And, and as parents, we say, but they can tell me anything, but they need proof. They need proof of that. And what they need is to know that when they say enough, it's enough and you're not going to keep chasing them. They need that safety. Um, and I think for all of us, what we don't want is to trust someone with information, but then not be able to go, okay, that's enough information. I don't want to give you more information. The information will come out eventually. It always does but we can't work with it if we don't have a window. So of course, before you dive into the conversation, you gotta make your teen agree that it's a safe place for you, that you can say anything you want and your teen won't get mad and they won't get you in trouble for it, right? Then start the timer and then give your teen space and time to reveal something. Don't just start in with your agenda here. Sit and wait patiently and give your teen a chance to open up. Here's what Joni Geltman, best-selling author of A Survival Guide to Parenting Teens, told me. What I tell parents is, don't start in with your agenda first. Don't say, honey, this is what I've been trying to say. I say, don't do that. You walk in and say, tell me what you'd like me to hear. You give them the opportunity yeah, yeah. to speak first. So start the timer, set it down, sit back, Try and keep a warm, neutral, friendly expression on your face and count slowly to 10 in your head. This is a long time. 10 seconds is really long. You might be surprised that your teen just starts talking. It's possible that just by saying, I want to talk to you about alcohol, making this rule, setting the timer, boom, your teen is off and they start talking. If that's what happens, just focus on making sure your teen feels heard nod your head, repeat back some of the things your teen is saying, use good listening techniques, and don't talk too much yourself. Let your teen get everything out. 
as long as he or she is staying on topic and talking about anything related to alcohol. Again, it's okay if we don't get to everything in this first conversation. This is 15 minutes, the time is going to ring, and then we can pick it back up next week, right? So the key here is getting your teen to feel safe, to open up. If that's happening right off the bat, great success. If it's not, here's what we're going to do. You're going to need some strategies to get your teen to open up. So next, we're going to cover how to get your teen talking if they don't just open up right off the bat. We're going to look at the science of what to say when they do open up, communicating your beliefs, giving effective guidance and direction, helping teens make better decisions in peer pressure situations. And finally, we're going to look at how to discuss alcohol references on social media. Want to hear the full mini course? Sign up for a subscription to Talking to Teens. It's completely affordable and you get access to all of my expert interviews and other mini courses like this one. Help support the work we do here at Talking to Teens and sign up for a subscription today.